How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. Uh, I'm Sam Holzman, and the topic of today's broadcast is business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. And I am so thrilled to bring this episode to you. Uh, it has been a long haul, a long slog to get people to recognize that enterprise architecture is different than technology architecture. And the exciting thing is many analysts and advisory firms now recognize two distinct focus areas in what's referred to generally as enterprise architecture. The one that we've been fighting about, so to speak, is the focus on technology enablement. And not that that is bad or wrong, but we call that EITA, Enterprise Information Technology Architecture, which is different than the focus on facilitating creating deliverables that guide and inform business decision-making, which we refer to as enabling business strategy. And this is what we believe is what enterprise architecture is really about. We have to figure out how to enable the business strategy. And yes, of course, we may, we may use technology to address that. And so a number of the analyst firms are now referring to this phrase that we believe is correct, enterprise architecture, as business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. And I, I tend not to want to sound commercial, but I will here. We at EACOE have been practicing this since 1972, and I'm chuckling because this was the original intent of this area when it was developed in 1966, 1967, uh, by Dewey Walker uh, and company at IBM. So how this got hijacked by technology people uh, and analysts is, is unknown, but fantastic. New year, new topic, new phrase, business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. The key is enabling business strategy. And we're going to outline in this broadcast, as brief as a broadcast we have, unfortunately, what is actually required in developing a business outcome-driven enterprise architecture and what the output is, the deliverables are, and who the audience is uh, to that. And by the way, that phrase is really descriptive, business outcome-driven, and that's what we're looking for. And we believe the out outcome that people are looking for is the enablement of business strategy. And with this phrase, what we're looking for is a consistent understanding of the business problems or business opportunities, what those do domains are, what the goals are of the business people and what they're trying to achieve, and we can use business outcome-driven EA to address those goals or enable those goals and what opportunities out there. And we're also going to be able to, with this approach, prioritize solutions based on business requirements 
And the phrase that has been in the magazines about technology for quite some time is IT needs to align with the business. IT needs to align with the business. IT needs to align with the business. Well, we're going to be doing that. And for the rest of the broadcast, I don't want to use the phrase business outcome driven EA. I think you'll get bored with that because it is kind of long. So I'm just going to call this real EA. And forgive me if <laughs> if I use that term, but that's what I'd really like to call it. But people may get offended by that. For for this broadcast, uh, I am going to use that term just as a shortcut. You know that's you know that's out there. And what we're looking for is also, and this is a very very important phrase, ladies and gentlemen, human consumable, human consumable deliverables. And if I can add another phrase here, unfortunately, human consumable in less than 90 seconds. And of course, that's what the tolerance of people are nowadays. And some people say, well, 90 seconds is a little too long, but we'll give people 90 seconds to consume this, which is very different than compiler consumable deliverables. And that's one of the things I believe the analysts and others are starting to recognize. And those that have frames of references, so-called frames of references, and so-called methodologies around EA are starting to recognize that perhaps there's something a little bit more. And that's this concept here about real EA and business-driven enterprise architecture that's there. And eventually, what I believe people will recognize is that EA will drive EITA. I want to stress here, early in our broadcast, I have nothing against people that are practicing technology planning and technology architecture. We need them. They are vital to our organization. But it's high time we recognize that that is very different than figuring out what to do and how to enable business strategy, which is business outcome-driven EA, real enterprise architecture. And the focus of this area is coming up with business initiatives, business projects. Some people call them capabilities. Some people call them focus areas. Unfortunately, in our universe out there, there are so many definitions of things that are out there. I use the term initiatives. We are initiating actions that enable the business strategy. And that will cut across sometimes business units. It could be a department. It could be a division. It could be a, quote, silo, unquote. I know we don't like that term, but we have to recognize that all of these types of things are possible when we look at, essentially, this version of EA. And this will, of course, also provide us with a roadmap from the as-a-state to the desired state what the business's future intent is, and how different enablement strategies of which technology is one, technology is one, can be enabled. That's there. We're also looking at the key for any type of architecture, which is simplification of things that are complex. You need architecture when things are complex. You do not need them when things are simple. You need a hundred, building a hundred-story building. You got to have a lot of architecture. Building a little uh, a, a shed in the backyard, possibly you don't need much architecture. That's you know that's out there. 
The other thing is a consistency in delivery of what is looking, what is being looked at. And this is one of the areas with real EA that actually helps the business. A consistent, I hate to use the word language and vocabulary, but that's pretty easy to understand. This is not to, to come up with new phrases all the time that are whiz-bang magic that people are looking for because we're always look, people are always looking for the magic that's out there. And unfortunately, there's a lot of elixir salesmen that package things with new phrases that, you know, that we've done before. So what we're looking for is a consistency of communication and a set of deliverables that the business people can understand and strategize on. And this takes into account the human condition, something that we forget a lot. And you and I as human beings have strengths and limitations. And as real EA practitioners need to understand, they need to understand the limitations and strengths of human beings. And one of the things we have to recognize, no matter where we are in the spectrum of our businesses, is that nobody, nobody can understand 700 pages of text or even 70 pages of text. And I doubt most people can understand 17 pages of text and keep it straight. Yet we keep writing these massive documents and wondering why everybody's eyes glaze over and we just sort of say, well, we'll figure it out later. And it's the bobblehead nod agreement that I love to call this uh, situation. Bobblehead nod. We walk into a meeting, everybody nods their head, and then they walk out of a meeting and nobody remembers what is going on or what decision is being made. So the other thing about consistency in simplicity is bringing a rational approach. And this took time to figure out. As the phrase goes, to do things hard is really, really easy. To do things easy is really, really hard. And this is one of the keys about real EA. It really took quite some time to talk to linguists, to talk to human and organizational behavioralists, and to talk, of course, to the set of deliverables that are required for enabling business strategy. And so what we're looking for is a frame of reference, a single frame of reference that people can look at and sort of bounce ideas against that are out there. And from that, a consistent set of representations for the business to enable business strategy. And this will become a thinking tool, a thinking tool for the business people and the technologists. What if this? What if that? Do risk analysis. Do all these things that we've done narratively or in dozens and dozens of pages of text, which we can't figure out is consistent or correct that's out there. So we're looking at solving business problems through real EA and bringing strategic thinking with a little bit of method rather than just madness, you know, that's out there. And so with this type of understanding, yes, we may lead, we may lead to technological enablement. We understand that. We're not discard, discard, uh, discarding that, excuse me. 
But we also have to remember that paper and pencil is a technology. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, that's out there. So these representations are not constraining the enterprise in any way, shape, or form. What we're looking for is understanding the business desired state, as is state, and building a roadmap to that future business vision, recognizing that that will change over time. And with that recognition, the things that we're building need to be built with change in mind. Architecture, real architecture, business-driven enterprise architecture ends when the enterprise dies. And hopefully that doesn't happen too soon. So this is going to be a continuous thinking process with a frame of reference that can be looked at by the business people without the aid of fancy schmancy tools or technologists. If they like, they should be able to consume it. They are the customer. They are the customer of this area. They are our customer. And what we have to get away from time and time again that I've said in many broadcasts is the term user. This is offensive. They are not users. They are customers. And as I joke, and sometimes that joke is a little uncomfortable, there's really only two professions that use the term user to pay the bills. And that's the illicit drug trade and IT. And the life cycle is very similar. Similar. We get them hooked and we charge them more and more for less product. Humorous, yes. Partially true, uh-huh, unfortunately, you know, as we see it. And as we move forward, what we're going to be doing is building a baseline for addressing and managing continuous change in strategies and output. It is a baseline that's out there that will be constantly looked at and the cycle that we're suggesting will be uh, something that the organization is looking for will consist of four areas. And the four areas begin with architecture, analysis, design, and assembling a solution to order is out there. Mass customization in quantities of one is what we should be looking at. And for those of you that are in organizations, Start thinking about what you see in your corporate types of systems and the way they interface with the business people and the technologist. And think about that smartphone that's in your hand and the massive agility that you, the person that owns the cell phone, the smartphone has. Literally, at the press of an icon, you can remove that functionality and replace it with something else. And so what we have to recognize is that business people are not looking for IT solutions. They're not looking for mainframes or things like that. That's not what people look at or screen designs. They're looking for functionality. Functionality is the key. And nobody can predict what functionality is required one minute from now, let alone 10 years from now. And with real EA, what we hope to bring with business outcome-driven enterprise architecture is a rational approach to moving forward in this direction. 
And the final aspect of things is bringing clarity in reasoning and traceability to the representations that are there. We're going to review these in our next segment. We're going to take a quick break here. We're talking about business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. You're listening to 2020's Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We'll see you back here in just a minute. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Based on over 30 years of real-world experience, the Business Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops in business architecture will guide you beyond theory and into actual implementation. If you are looking to develop a baseline for business agility through goal-aligned, prioritized capabilities, we will help you get there. You will leave our workshop with real tools, processes, techniques, and most importantly, true hands-on business architecture project practice. For dates, locations, and more, visit BACOE.org. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. Uh, this is Sam Holzman, and this is The 2020s Enterprise. And uh, the topic of today's broadcast is Business Outcome-Driven Enterprise Architecture. And just for this broadcast, I'm going to be using the phrase real EA just because it's just a little bit more compact. Uh, And hopefully no one is offended by that phrase. It doesn't mean other things aren't real, but they're different as what I'm really referring to. And in the first segment of the broadcast, I gave you a little bit of history 
about what the analysts have come to recognize, the uh, software analysts, advisory firms, and things like that, that really recognizes there are two types of representations that the business and technologists need. And one is what I refer to as EITA, Enterprise Information Technology Architecture. And that is the practice as we go out and work with clients and and consult with clients that we believe is what majority of people are doing and representing it as business outcome-driven enterprise architecture, which we believe is quite different. And as I mentioned in my first segment, and I, I forgive me again, as a commercial here I'm making right now, we at the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence, EACOE, have been practicing this business outcome-driven enterprise architecture since 1972. And we are thrilled that the prestigious advisory firms and analysts out there are finally recognizing, and I think they were hesitant until they came up with this name, Business Outcome Driven Enterprise Architecture, to introduce this other topic that's there. And the reason for this is the recognition, we believe, that there are actually two sets of representations that people need to look at in their different audiences to recognize business understanding and technology enablement. And we call these two things architectural representations. And the second set of representations are implementation recommendations, representations, excuse me, implementation representations. Now, where does that come from? In the physical world, there is no doubt, there is no doubt that there's two complementary activities that are going on in a sequence that's important. And in the physical world, they're called engineering and manufacturing. You engineer before you manufacture. And the phrase that we're using here is you architect before you implement. And just as engineering has different representations and different understandings and different audiences than manufacturing does, we're suggesting, hooray, hooray, that architecture and implementation and enterprises has that same type of activities going on. And so we have engineering design models and manufacturing build models. So different audiences. Now, by the way, it doesn't mean that the business people can't look at the technology representations and the technology people aren't allowed to look at the business representations, but we have to recognize that they are different. They are complementary, and perhaps the techniques and the understandings are, are very different. And so the focus here is developing the architectural understanding for what would be desirable, the whole organization. But these techniques that we're talking about, if we just look at the term business for just a moment, can be a division, a department, a project, a program, whatever you'd like to see. But we have to recognize that if we have two pieces that we've done, and now we try to mush them together, mush is a technical term, you may have some scrap and rework because the boundary condition is changing that's out there. So if you're going about your understanding of your business through real EA, and you're working in one department, one division, one area, whatever it is, 
Fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. But we have to recognize the next activity you're working on, the next segment, the next project, the next program. When you try to bring those things together, there may have, have to be a little bit reworking because the boundary conditions have changed. And this should be a natural. We see this in the physical world. If we change the envelope of the house and add a bedroom uh, to, the, to the, uh, the second floor of the home, for example, the boundary conditions change. And if we didn't architect that in the beginning, we're going to have a little scrap and rework. And the same thing is going to be true for what we're talking about here. And so these approaches are divided up into two areas. One is the concept of a frame of reference. A frame of reference is a thinking tool. And this is another thing that the uh, advisory firms and analysts are, are beginning to talk more and more about. And that's that a frame of reference is different than a methodology. And a lot of the practices that are out there don't even recognize that yet, let alone the difference between business outcome-driven EA and EA. And that's because we are a young profession. This is not complaining. It's not belly aching. It's positioning, ladies and gentlemen, to recognize that this is a young area. And we're all learning. We are all learning. Every engagement that we do, we learn something new about this. We have to suggest that the the change from engagement to agement is becoming much, 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 much smaller down to minute areas. It doesn't mean that we're constantly, not constantly looking at these things, but we're getting pretty good at this. We're getting pretty good at understanding um, what uh, is there. And the emphasis is on what we talk about as a phrase here again, business-aligned initiatives that drive the enterprise to its strategic uh, uh, result, not just IT. So what we're looking for is a desired business goal aligned state, a desired business goal aligned state. That's the objective. That's what we're trying to do, whether you call it a strategy office or marketing or whatever it is, or IT. We're just not building systems. This is what we have to remember. We are enabling the business that's out there. And in order to do that, there's a series of initiatives that are business goal aligned. First, not technology constrained or aligned alone. And in order to do this, there may be some methodology differences. And the answer is yes, from what possibly people practice in what we refer to as EITA. In other words, the technological enablement of what we're talking about, manufacturing, will have different approaches and representations than the engineering. And another thing we have to recognize that is absolutely true in the physical world is that there are architectural firms and there are general contractors. And in the physical world, in the physical world outside of business and technology uh, enabled areas, they've recognized this for quite some time. And to the general contractor, architecture is an enabler to 
cash flow <laughs> because the number of architects on a project is quite small compared to the number of general contracting people. And in the case of technology, it would be programmers and analysts. So in the real world, in the physical world, you have a separation of duties. And the architect, the business outcome-driven enterprise architect especially, is the voice of the customer. And that voice of the customer does not disappear when the representations are made. Because as the enablement goes, on, goes through, there may be some changes. In the physical world, they're called running changes. And this is very common. Because as you start implementing, the understandings may change as you move forward. And so therefore, you need a feedback loop. And coming back to a really, really important engineering principle, an open loop system <laughs> produces defects a closed loop system produces quality. And so the architecture team is involved throughout the development and implementation process. And as things are being developed, there may be some changes to the architecture, which will drive things to implementation changes also. So the concept of two related firms, the architectural firm and the general contractor in the physical world is now starting to be recognized in the, quote, IT world. And you're seeing some requests for quotations. We've seen these, for example, in lots of different organizations and government entities that say, if you are doing the architecture work, you cannot bid on or do the general contracting work. And you know what I'm going to say to that? Hooray, applause, applause. And to be a little nasty, it's about time. <laughs> Because the objectives are different. The objectives are different that's, you know, that's, you know, that's out there. And the skills and things like that. So you're seeing a growing rec recognition which paralleled what was going on in the physical world to the needs of the business people and the needs of the technology enablers. The needs of the business people and the needs of the general contractor the needs of the architectural understanding and the needs of the implementation specialists that are there. And this is just starting to take hold. And there is resistance, as you'll probably see. What's the resistance? It's called no cash flow waiting. Now, in the physical world, they figured this out. You don't bring a bunch of general contractor people on an assignment, a program, in the beginning of the area that is going to be analyzed and designed. That's the architectural responsibilities. And after a period of time, then the general contractor comes in. But in most organizations that we've had the privilege of working with, they bring in a bunch of general contractors and they're waiting. And <laughs> there's a funny phrase. It's not funny, but I'm chuckling because it is funny. Because unfortunately, sometimes it's true and the phrase is, you start writing the computer code, we'll figure out what the user has in mind later. And that's not funny, but it's serious because people are sitting around. So from a standpoint of the enterprise, the corporation that's out there, we should be looking at the same type of thing. And so this concept here of recognizing that architecture is different than implementation, uh, engineering is different than manufacturing, 
is quite important. So as we move forward, we're starting to see that there's not one set of representations, not one set of representations for the business. That's the same thing in the physical world. There is a set of representations for the architect and the business people and for the technologists and the technology enablement people that are out there. And of course, they need to be highly related and highly aligned or else we're going to have a little bit of an issue. Now, as we're looking at this, the concepts that we're using are termed enabling business strategy through business initiatives. And the concept of a business initiative is what real EA is concentrating on. And it's an integrated composite of six elements. And those six elements are goals and processes, materials. If the phrase materials is not comfortable to you, the word data, roles and skills, locations, and events. So goals, processes, materials, roles, locations, events. Integrated composite, all six of those elements need to be understood. And if any of you are familiar with those six elements, they're the what, how, where, who, when, and why. And that was first described by John Zachman in a seminal paper that he wrote in 1987 called The Framework for Information Systems Architecture when John was working at IBM. Now, before that, of course, the concepts of what, how, where, who, when, and why have been around for quite some time. And what we have to recognize is that if you don't write these things down, it doesn't mean they're not there. It means that you're making guesses about them. That's as bluntly as I can say it. If you don't write them down, it doesn't mean they're not there. It means that you're guessing about these things. And that's why organizations' maintenance budget is going up and up and up and up. And yet we're looking for causation. And that's because we believe that the issue is not if something hasn't compiled, so to speak, a program hasn't compiled in a computer. It's what is being compiled wasn't what the business was looking for. Once again, EITA information technology architecture being different than the business understanding, the real EA that's there. And so these types of understandings are bringing a whole new benefit to the organization well before technology enablement is required. We're going to take a short break for just a few minutes. You're listening to 2020's Enterprise. This is Sam Holzman, and we're talking about Business Outcome-Driven Enterprise Architecture. See you back here in just a few minutes. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so... 
The book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Is your organization in the Internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you stuck in your enterprise architecture practice with nothing but a bunch of static models and deliverables aimed at future technology development efforts rather than true business understanding? With the Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence four-day certification workshops, you will learn proven step-by-step enterprise architecture techniques to be used as the baseline for addressing continuous business and organizational change. For dates, locations, and more, visit EACO you are listening to the 2020s enterprise with sam holzman we welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org that's sam at eacoe.org now back to the 2020s enterprise Welcome back. Uh, this is Sam Holzman, and this is the 2020s Enterprise. And the topic of today's broadcast is business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. And uh, the reason for this topic is more and more recognition that when it comes to enterprise architecture, there's really two parallel disciplines. What we refer to as really a parentheses business outcome-driven enterprise architecture and then there is technology planning or technology architecture. And the advisory firms and the analyst firms and lots and lots and lots of different organizations are recognizing that this revolution is here now. And it is a revolution because it is a different set of skills that people are recognizing that are required. And it parallels what we have done in the physical world for quite some time, and that is that engineering is different than manufacturing. Architecture is different than implementation. Whatever phrase that you're looking for. 
And with those comes different understandings, different recognitions, different set of deliverables, different, different, you know, as we're, we're moving forward um, in, in this area. And the output that we're looking for in business outcome-driven enterprise architecture, the phrase that we use is initiatives. In other words, the phrase is purposely talked about as not being a system or an application or a whatever. It's an initiative. It initiates actions that are enabling business strategy. And yes, of course, one of those enablers may be a system or may be technology. At the same time, we may look at cross-business concerns or opportunities consistently to prioritize the business's future state intent. And the, the reason for that is we're trying to find the greatest business value of our dollar spend and not optimize just technology uh, that's out there through what people generally practiced was called EITA or Enterprise Information Technology Architecture. And the, the enablement of that and the prioritization comes through the technology people inheriting the priorities from the business drivers, the business goals. And we've heard for decades in magazines and blog posts and everything else, IT has to align with the business. IT has to align with the business. Whether you're comfortable with that phrase or not, this will happen. Some people say, well, IT is the business. There's so many different phrases out there. Everybody tries to come up with a new phrase. But basically, the enablement of what needs to be done, the prioritization of that, will come through the prioritization of the business drivers, and that'll be mapped into the initiatives that are there, of which technology may be one. And there may be multiple candidate projects. There may be organizational change. There may be business process engineering. Uh, There may be data structures that need to be done, data cleansing. Uh, There may be organizational activities that, that are out there. All sorts of different things that may be initiated, and that's why they, we use the term initiative rather than systems or projects or other language that's there. And with these sets of representations, we can do what-if analysis, we can do risk analysis, we can look at various types of scenarios and look, and, and look at how these things may act or react with what we're trying to do. So there's a ton of different things that we can do to understand what needs to be done prior to actually expending the vast sums to do the implementation. And just to give you a financial idea of what we're talking about here, the business outcome-driven enterprise architecture, what we're looking at is somewhere between 2 to 5% of the budget for these types of things as compared to the enablement. So for example, if you're talking about building a 100-story building, 100% of the cost, 2 to 5% of that cost is the architectural component, understanding the business outcome areas that are there. So it's a real small amount of money to be spent. Now the time, the time may be significant. 
And this may be an area of concern to a number of people. But in the real world, in the physical world, a good percentage of the time, the architecture takes longer than the implementation. And that's by design to make sure there are no whoops, uh-ohs, or oh my goshes, you know, that are, that are out there. And each one of these initiatives, with its prioritization to the business drivers, becomes a tremendous tool for the business executives making decisions. They see how all this fits together based on the business drivers, the business strategies that are out there. And we can also map in existing projects and operational impacts and see what the relationship to the future state is to these types of things. And of course, we need to consider a lot of different things from a business perspective, not just the technology perspective. For example, security. For the technology people to look at security is way too late. The security has to be part of the business strategy. It has to be built in. Putting locks on the doors is too late. It's too late. I don't care how many locks you put on the doors. What we're looking for is incorporating in the understanding of what we're doing the concepts of security. And, of course, the global influences we see, uh, you know, in, in our present state activities that are out there. You know, the Internet has shrunk distance and time to zero. It's also enabled a bunch of evildoers. <laughs> There's a lot of wonderful things. And so all these things have to be considered. With all the great things that the Internet is doing and the Internet provides us, it really comes down to two things. It is shrinking time and distance to zero. But it's also, unfortunately, enabled people to do things quicker and faster that were a lot more difficult to do prior to the Internet. And we have to take these things into account, um, you know, as we um, uh, move, uh, uh, you know, forward. Another note here is that we're talking about simplification. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot emphasize this more. There isn't one representation that the business is going to be able to look at to understand their future state and desired state. Let me just give you a little example here. If any of you had the privilege, pleasure, or frustration in building a house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Something as simple as a house, you don't get one eight and a half by 11 PowerPoint slide. You get a scroll of drawings, a scroll of drawings. The heating, ventilation, air conditioning drawing, the plumbing drawing, the electrical drawing, the structural drawings. You get all of these separate drawings because if you try to mush them all together, you couldn't see the house. Well, just think about the business, the enterprise. There are different perspectives that we have to look at. And that comes back to the six different interrogatives, the what, how, where, who, when, and why in that understanding. And each one of these gives us a different understanding of the opportunity, problem, or area that we're analyzing. Goals, processes, materials, roles, locations, events. Each one of these, just like the plumbing drawing, the electrical drawing, the heat ventilation and air conditioning drawing, we analyze all those separately. And of course, before we do a build of the house or build of a solution, we have to look at the relationships between these things. What processes do we need to achieve our goals? 
So if we have a goal uh, that, that is talking about security, what processes do we need to enable that? What a great question. Well, we want to see that. When I say we want to see that, well before a technological solution, we want to see the processes that will be affected or need to be affected by this concern about security. And all of these activities there will be done through a methodology of business outcome-driven EA, real EA, in a format that is human consumable with a common structure. What do I mean by common structure? We're not going to razzle-dazzle our, our customers with these things. That's not what we're looking for. We're not looking for how many different types of diagrams or different types of notations that are there. Just the opposite. What's the minimum set that gives us an understanding? And the phrase that we use is mutually exclusive yet collectively exhaustive. Mutually exclusive yet collectively exhaustive from the standpoint of the business people that need to understand this in less than 90 seconds. Now, when I talk about 90 seconds, I mean sort of. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a little bit more. Sometimes it takes a little less. Now, with that time, I also want to mention that doesn't mean that the people we're presenting this to will understand or need to understand how we got those results. In other words, how the sausage was made, but they understand what they're seeing in less than 90 seconds. And of course, we'd be more than happy to invite them into the kitchen to see how this is actually done if they're interested. And the other thing about business outcome-driven EA, and this may sound funny, is the concept of minimizing business intrusion. What did he say? (laughs) Minimizing business intrusion. The business people are busy. They've got stuff going on. I just don't believe, as I mentioned before, they want to watch sausage being made. Now, if they want to, that's fine. But we're not going to make that an imperative. We're not going to make that a requirement. So in business-driven activities, we know who the customer is. That's why we use the term customer. And we're designing our approaches to minimize business intrusion into their business day. Yes, we do need them at certain points in time. There's no doubt about it. They're the decision makers. They're the people that understand things and provide us with understandings that aren't written down for one reason or another. And so when we're looking at these, you see that we're looking at outcomes that drive the business forward, and we're doing as a good as possible a job of providing what? The enablers of business strategy, the key activity for business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. And along the way that we're doing that, we're bringing method to the madness of both enablement of technology strategy and possibly the understanding of business strategy because we don't believe that human beings can understand hundreds of pages of text or even 17 or 70 pages of text. My apologies for being this direct, but it's about time that people recognize that we're talking to human beings. 
and not computers and compilers. And with that, we, as the enablers of the business understandings, need to come to grips with that understanding. Why give them something? Just for sign-off and cash? Well, yes. No. (laughs) Of course not. We want it for understanding. We want it for dialogue. We want it to have a, a, a relationship that puts us at the table where they see us as partners in moving forward. Business technology partnerships through business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. Trusted advisors, we earn a seat at the table, we don't demand a seat at the table, and we don't get one just because of who we are. We sit at the table because we're providing value to the organization as we move forward. And the activities what we, that we try to bring forward are talked about by the business people with or without us. And that's one of the keys that we know that we have essentially a good understanding. If you look at a blueprint for a moment as the final analogy here, you know that a blueprint, once it's put down on paper or on a computer, the key to recognizing if it's a good blueprint is if the person who didn't draw the blueprint, someone that didn't draw the blueprint can look at it and understand exactly what the intent was of the person that actually drew the blueprint. So they say the same thing here. We, as the outcome-driven enterprise architects, represent what we believe will help the business achieve its desired state and business goals and drivers, If the business people can look at this and get that same understanding, then smiles will come to both of our faces. So what we've been talking about today is what I call a revolutionary movement to business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. Business outcome-driven enterprise architecture. We hope that this has brought some new insight into our audience here. I'd be more than happy to chat with you about this. Please reach out to me at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. Until next time, go do business outcome enterprise architecture. Thank you for listening.